0: I had a huge beard. I'm 40. (laughs) Big dude just yelling at kids with their parents behind them like, what time does this guy get off? You know?
1: I'm CJ. And I'm Joe. And this is Whiskey and Wine, brought to you by Coldcock American Herbal Flavored Whiskey.
2: Today we have the pleasure of having Brock Lindo of 36 Crazy Fists here on the podcast, a great old friend of ours from back in Alaska.
1: Uh, he's actually out on the road right now with 36. Uh, they're touring with Killswitch, uh, Toothgrinder, and Memphis Mayfire. They just played their show in Portland here uh, last week, and it seems like it's going really well for them. We did this interview before they went out on the road, um, so it's uh, there's a, a little bit of a, a future past tense thing going on here throughout the interview. But I do also want to say We Divides is currently out on tour right now as well. Uh, tonight is the first show of our homecoming tour with Here Lies the Hero, and rivals are playing at Clash City in Riverside tonight. So, if you are in Southwest U.S. for the next two weeks, uh, come to, come out to a show, say hi, and uh, let us know if you listen to the podcast. Maybe we can give you a shout out on here or something equally as awesome. Uh, let's get into that interview with Brock Lindo of Thirty Six Crazy Fist. So today, on Whiskey and Wine, brought to you by Coldcock American Herbal Flavored Whiskey, we have an old friend and a fellow Alaskan on the show. First Alaskan, first person that has uh, any experience with radio, like we do. <laughs> Mr. Brock, how are you?
2: Good. <laughs>
0: Honored to be all those things.
2: <laughs> As you should be. Uh, and in honor, I have an Alaskan beer. I, I felt it fitting for the interview. So, Perfect. Yeah, it's nice. the Alaskan
1: amber hop turn. Yeah,
2: I haven't had that one uh, before. a Couple days ago, it's it's delightful. Uh huh. They do uh-huh. good work. Yep. Yeah, they do.
1: I had one uh, the other when I was up there. It was like, oh, I'm not going to remember what it was. So this is going to be a pointless conversation. But it had like That's a fair. blue label. It was cold. Yeah. Wet. Yeah. Slightly alcoholic. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, you're talking to someone who actually hosts a beer show here, so that's, I feel like.
1: That's a good point.
0: <laughs> I went on a pretty cool brewery tour in Juneau one time at Alaskan, and uh, we got to go into their, like, uh, I guess, like the taster room, really. Okay. It, wasn't, that, it wasn't really usually part of the brewery tour, so uh, that was pretty neat. It was, that's the perk of having the beer show, I guess. You get to do a little, little bit of the dip every once in a while. It's a VIP for you kids out there.
2: We need to get that <laughs> the with <bit>. cold cock. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we definitely. It.
0: I've never had the cold cock. I see it. I like the warm <laughs> cock mostly. But, uh, but uh, no, I haven't had it. But I see that they're sponsoring many uh, a rock festival these days. So
2: very cool. They do well. I'm not much of a whiskey drinker, but I actually really like it.
1: Yeah. No, it, and we've said this pretty much every time, um, but no offense to cold cock, but I had a perception in my head. Before I ever tried their whiskey, I was like, okay, well, the name is Coldcock. First of all, second of all, it's flavored. Like I just, I don't, I just had low expectations. And first time I had it, it blew my mind. Like it is so tasty.
2: That bottle did not last very long.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately we are out. <laughs> so I can't, we cannot be serving you.
0: Uh cold cock. Let's go ahead and uh, send another pallet over to the uh,
2: <laughs> divides household. Please. We'll get the chopper in by Tuesday. Um, <laughs>
1: but uh, Jameson is a close second. Ah, oh, so. yeah. Delicious. I think, I think most of the times that you and I have drank together, it's been Jameson.
2: For better or for worse. Always, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm seriously having flashbacks. So Rock and I uh, were on a radio show together in Alaska on a radio station called 94.7 The End.
2: All of us, yeah. That's, this is like a little reunion so here. Joking. You weren't
1: on the show, though. True. Not to push You're right. You, not no, to, no, no. Not to push you out of our clique right now, Joe.
2: <laughs> I understand.
1: There is, so there were several times where like he and I would do a show together. And I would like run the board and like it, earlier when you first got here and we're checking the microphone, like hearing your voice through a microphone in my headphones, I was just like, oh my God, it's like 2012.
0: Is <laughs> <laughs> that what it was?
1: That's yeah. when I started there. Yeah. I remember yeah. when
0: you brought in like your 19 year old birthday party cupcakes.
1: That's right. I did. <laughs> and I believe they
0: were microphones. What, yes, weren't they? They were. They were pretty it's sweet. Yeah.
1: The coffee shop I worked at at the time, uh, the, one of the ladies <laughs> made me. Microphone cupcakes. right? The microphones were made out of uh, like, um, ice cream cones. Okay. And they, it was tasty. It was quite, quite delightful.
0: That was
2: fun doing the show. <laughs> that was cool. When we were up in Alaska, I actually got to go into the studio. And that, for me, just being back in that building, walking through that back door again, I was like, oh, man.
1: Wait, why? Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah,
2: we did the interview uh, with 94.7 when yes. we were back up in Alaska. Yes. Oh, yeah, you nice. Did-
1: the homegrown show. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. How was all that? You guys went to, I really haven't asked you about that.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we went and opened for uh, your guys' Walls of Jericho. Yeah. And it was incredible. They it were was, the coolest people. Yeah.
2: Nice. yeah. They are, yeah. Super welcoming, super nice, and oh, she just blew me away. Yeah, she's insane. <laughs> she has so much power. This small little thing, but she gets up there, and as soon as she opened her mouth, just like pushed me back. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Did you, you
0: guys know she was actually born in Alaska? Did you guys find she that? out? She talked about yeah, it. Yeah, she said cool. that. <laughs> cool.
1: No, it was crazy. No, those those are really good shows, and obviously, like the first time coming back, you know, after moving, we it was yeah, it was it was awesome. Did you guys did you guys have like a like a long time before you came back and play a show, or did you no, come back pretty pretty I think frequently? We moved
0: like in August.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: uh whatever year that was 96 or so and then uh came back at christmas and played at coots
1: yeah
0: maybe gigs if, if i think gigs was still gone at that point
1: yeah. Do you know when gigs closed because i i heard i hear so much about it i would it was say never...
0: 98 maybe 90, 98 or so. so i was i five could
1: be wrong i <laughs> was, was not going to shows yet. you were five years old <laughs> when Boy. gigs closed that
2: was before my Alaska time. I got there right after Beto's closed. That's when I moved okay. to Alaska. Yeah,
1: that's when I started going to shows. It mm-hmm. Was right after. Beto's and closed.
0: I missed all of Beto's because we were here. Yeah. I never saw. I saw one show at Beto's. Was Beto's always upstairs in the Fourth Ave place?
2: Closed before I got that's there. That's what I think. Oh, I it was closed so before you got yeah. there. But
0: but did you go there? Mm-mm. Oh, you never went there. I've heard
1: about shows there, but it was before I like had a way to get into Anchorage to go to shows and stuff. Yeah.
0: No, I know it was a. Uh, it filled the hole for shows there for a long time.
1: Yeah. No, it's funny. The, the scene in Anchorage, I was just telling someone about this the other day, like every, basically like every two mm-hmm. years, the prominent all ages venue closes mm-hmm. and then <laughs> there's like a year or so where there's nowhere for all ages shows and then somewhere new and awesome pops up. And I think something about Anchorage community works just said like they're not doing all ages shows anymore or i think mike's leaving or
2: yeah they've been hitting some bumps they need some help yeah yeah. which is a bummer that was an incredible venue just a cool space and not only for uh shows and stuff like that but they had like a printing press set up in the back they ran workshops and classes anchorage needs that Mm -hmm. you know i was there and being under 21 like there was just nothing to do you just you know and having that kind of space that's not only like an outlet for music, but something creative and productive for kids, that's invaluable.
0: Oh, yeah. We played there Christmas time, I believe, right around there. Halloween yeah. time. Halloween. Yeah. And uh, I went in there. They had like pottery room. They have an art therapy room for uh, autistic adults, I believe. Wow. Uh, the sewing area upstairs, I mean, the printing. I mean, there's just so much cool stuff there. And I just talked to Mike uh at the pile right before i came back here a couple weeks ago and he was saying it didn't seem like it was over but they needed some they needed everyone to chip in like you know 25 bucks a month or whatever it was and
3: yeah i don't know
0: if it was a month but anyway they need some help obviously and it's a cool place so hopefully they get some grants or some kind of thing with because uh i know it's like the lease is up too with the railroad he was talking about all kinds of city stuff so it's probably kind of convoluted but yeah cool place regardless we, yeah
1: it opened right after we moved or like the, yeah. the summer after we moved and so i just remember seeing bands like the local bands that they're playing shows and be like oh god damn it like i wa and, and we got to play there fortunately when we when we b- went back with walls um but it was just like it's it was it's definitely something that anchorage, anchorage needs
0: Yeah, those are the kind of places though that were all through my growing up mm-hmm. yeah there was never like a Fiesta room or gigs that didn't happen until i got out of school so yeah all the high school stuff except for one place there was a couple places that were like dance clubs i think that also moonlight as live gig places yeah but for the most part they were warehouses down ship creek area that some punkers like rented out like there was they always have like cool names like devil's club or i think one was called the devil's club actually <laughs> <laughs> i didn't just pull that out and, but there were always like these, like punk rock names, and anyway. So it's it, that when I was in there, I was like, "This is what I used to come to in high school." Yeah. So yeah. It, hopefully it sticks around because obviously kids need a place to see live music and you know intervene with other people from other schools and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But uh, yeah.
2: If any Alaskans listening, do your part, help out, go support that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, well, the conversation I had was, I would like to have it more because it wasn't. Um, impossible to help it was it wasn't that much mm-hmm. it was something that everyone could chip in on so you get more information on that
1: yeah we should mm-hmm. do a fundraiser
2: i was literally i actually told that. him that
0: he needed yeah. to you know go fund me or something and yeah so we'd jump on that totally yeah. absolutely
1: it interesting seeing like the same kind of problem here in portland with all ages shows like there's a there's a couple of, because obviously there's more bands touring and coming through and wanting to do all ages stuff so there's obviously hawthorne theater um, and then bigger places like Roseland Wonder ballroom, but as far as like local venues, there's really only analog cafe. Um, yeah. and there's a couple other like DIY places that we haven't played, but I've been to shows there and it's just like, I mean, it, it kind of works, but for how big the scene is here, it's, it's, yeah. there's no like, there's no spot that like kids are putting on shows for other kids, you know, like it's, I don't know. It's really interesting to see.
2: And like you said earlier with the Anchorage thing, it's just hard to keep them open. It's not yeah. a huge profit center. No, it's not. And that's, that's rough as a business model. So yeah. we've seen, oh, I've seen, you know, a good handful close down just since we moved. And that was pretty recent.
0: Yeah. I mean, with, and Anchorage has such strict liquor laws. You can't have a little beer garden area with the kids. And it's so difficult.
2: So that definitely hurts it as well. Yeah. Actually, funny story. The first, uh, one of the first shows we played down here in Portland, CJ was still underage at this time. Uh, so they did separate a separate beer garden so that she could be there she was legally allowed to be in the bar but right after our set it, uh the promoter came up and was like so listen we're kind of hoping to shut down the underage area do you mind leaving <laughs> <laughs>
1: i was the only person under 21 there no way yeah it was rough for us for a couple months like we didn't really find you know our people here for a while like i don't know we just I think the only band we knew was the hoons and they're like, they've got a totally different demographic and thing than we do. Like they kill it in a bar, you know, it's like,
2: but they were, yeah. I mean, they were obviously super good to us. I'm pretty sure that show was with the hoons. Yeah, like they yeah. more than welcoming. We love those dudes to death. Yeah. Um, did you guys kind of find that too when you moved? Well, it's so weird
0: because I've always had this feeling with CJ that we're similar in that sense. I'm the youngest in my band i'm 40 years old now
4: but i wasn't
0: 21 when we moved either and all the guys turned 21 like that summer before me they were going to the bars i'm hanging out at the house oh don't leave till like midnight dude so i can you know but same thing like we we, and we originally moved to seattle so seattle was twice as hard as portland to find a show all ages wise actually we, we i was 21 when we moved here so i was seattle there first and then 21 when i moved here um we we really ruffled a lot of feathers at first <laughs> because um, it wasn't that we were like arrogant or anything, but we were serious drinkers, serious. What, you
2: guys like
0: jock mentality almost? You, you know, <laughs> yeah. It was like kind of like a gang. Like I read the Motley Crue book, The Dirt. I don't know if you guys have. I did read that actually. But Fantastic. Love that book. But I always think that nothing similar musically, but the way they were like a gang, and if anybody blah 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 you know we got we fought almost every weekend i mean literally and then our house we lived right off of uh 72nd and division so not far from here um it was they people like dubbed it the alaska house because we would just out drink everyone and then people were like i'm not going to the alaska house those dudes are nuts <laughs> and like we would fight in the backyard and like man we think we talk about it sometimes and laugh about it and there's a lot of buffoonery but um, Yeah, so in the beginning, it was difficult for us also, and I think mostly because there was such a cool scene here. It does not, I mean, it's not like that now. It's like way bigger, but back then, there still wasn't that many bands like there is now, and there was some really cool bands here that were like the local draw. I mean, the local big band sold out the, the Roseland all the time. That's where they played. Yeah. Hmm. They were called grindstone stone and they were like an Allison Chains band. Okay. And they were, they were great, but there was like a metal crowd too, like three or four bands that those bands were just killer. And they'd pack the house every night. We, it took us a while to get into opening for those bands. And I think we were just a little bit too, too rough on, <laughs> on, on everybody in the beginning.
2: Those was Alaskans. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but then, you know, I think once we started playing and proving our worth, I think things got a little better.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny. I we we felt the same way like when we first moved here because we had no connection to like the metal scene or anything like that. And you know, we don't really like we're not really metal core with like that. Like, there's a lot of things that come with metal core that we don't necessarily do. Like all of like the the synchronized stage jumping and the <laughs> the. the uh, Fuck boy, look! I can't find a better way to say that. It's accurate. (laughs) It's not
2: flattering, but it's accurate. So, no
1: offense to our wonderful friends in the metalcore community, but (laughs) we like—we knew it was kind of here, but that wasn't really our thing. Like, we definitely like—it took us getting into like—we're not a hardcore band, but like, the way we kind of look at things is similar to a lot of our friends in the hardcore scene. And so, once we started getting closer with that, like the progressive rock scene here, that—that was when it really clicked. But at first, it was like the only reason we got shows was because. Like, it was kind of like a novelty that there was a girl in the band who screamed. And so I was like, okay, well, that kind of works. Like,
2: We scared a lot of people. We were the heaviest band on, like, every bill we played for the first month. Yeah. Like, easily. Uh, (laughs) And so, like, they could get into some parts of it, but, you know, some of our real heavy stuff where CJ's rolling around and screaming and, you know, we're having all the heavy moments. It's like, oh, my God. Like, (laughs) what is going on? I... are are they allowed to do this with music like (laughs) so it's funny and it's it's just kind of the opposite experience we had in alaska because we were very often the lightest band on a bill um up there so i mean we've seen both sides of that coin yep yep me too yeah me too
0: yeah i i think for so long i wanted to be the heaviest band on a bill for once because we were always the lightest and in metalcore came more recent but back then, it was just kind of rock, metal, punk. It wasn't like all the subgenres, really there's death metal, of course, but there wasn't like it's now it's a zillion different things. so like we would just get put on all the hardcore tours, and we were the furthest thing from it, you know we were post hardcore emo screamo, screamo, metal, whatever rock, you know, or whatever they called us that week, you know. <laughs> exactly. so I remember the beginning being like, I mean, we would literally would go out on all these tours. there was a tour that was i remember getting a call from management it's like oh yeah okay you guys are going out with napalm death devil driver obituary and i can't remember who else but i was like you're out of your freaking mind dude have you listened to our albums and i at that point i was kind of fed up with it because i was like man when is the incubus tour coming through or maybe a. <laughs> deftones please i've been praying yeah. you know something that's lighter more rock accessible no never came and, and and in turn all those became our friends and like you said those are the same ethos that i have as well so it's like it it all worked out because time is just changes things and you know you people back in the day hardcore and metal didn't get along at all now it's you wouldn't even know the difference really i mean hapery one of the biggest Hardcore bands in the world it sounds as metal as Slayer these days. So, um, anyway, all those things change. But I remember going on that tour, it was one of the coolest tours ever because there was diversity. The, the actually, the opening band was called In Vitro, and they were a straight up punk band that put tinfoil on their heads <laughs> literally, like put tinfoil masks on. And then by the third song, it was gone. And so, there was a little bit of light hardness. But I mean, Obituary, Devil Driver, Napalm Death, it doesn't get any heavier. So we were second. I'm glad because we weren't going on uh after that. There's this other band called Barrier Dead.
4: Yes. <laughs> and
0: uh goes everybody knows them now, but back then when they had just started, we were doing a tour with Walls of Jericho, Martyr A. D. Us, and then this Barrier Dead band was gonna join in Seattle. Well, we're already up against it because those two bands were straight hardcore and yeah. Yeah. we're trying to do singing emotional choruses. So uh going over like a ton of bricks every night. And then but we're gonna be second. So we're all pumped up because this barrier dead band from Boston's gonna be joining in Seattle. We'd already been out for like two weeks dying. And uh the first night they show up and we watch it and we're like, Hell no. We are not playing second. We are not going on after that. I mean it's straight thug core, you know? And anyway. So yeah, we, we decided to stay first and let those guys go second. Because at least we could fool them, you know, come out with a couple heavier songs and then slip in a few things. <laughs> and back then, boy, the arms crossed, you just see it. But you only get 25, 30 minutes. So you're in and out and then you're drinking again.
1: Sometimes I really like opening. Like, I, I take spite in it, you know, like if it's, a, if it's a bill where we don't think we should be, but we are anyways, it's like, no, I, okay, cool. Like, we'll make, we'll, we'll definitely make an impression. Like, yeah, you got to
2: have that attitude for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that's our mo at every show we play (laughs) it's like they're gonna remember this whether there's no one in the crowd or it's you know a bigger national opening slot or something
1: yeah yeah it's uh, speaking about like moving to a new place and like the transition time like changing things and making it easier um i actually matched with this guy on tinder the other day and uh he is in a band um i don't remember what they're called sorry not not gonna name drop them because i just straight up don't remember. Uh, but they moved they moved from DC recently to Portland and so he's like talking about like playing all these places and like you know getting pushed first to the, the front of the bill and he was like oh like what's your favorite venue to play in town and i was like oh you know the Hawthorne Theater like we you know it's always been great to us rumble does down down sound for us there several times you know and he was like oh yeah we might play the lounge in a couple months and i'm like oh that's right like it really sucks when you first get here cuz you you have no way to like what's the lounge You've never, you've never,
2: played. it's the bar in the same building. Like if you walk in the lobby or oh, the left. bar, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So They got a little stage.
0: Yeah. They, they uh, oh yeah. I have seen like karaoke up there. I yeah. haven't seen a band up there.
1: No, they have band They, they have <clears throat> bands play that stage, which I mean, it, you do need an like an in to start building a fan base and everything, but we could never, we could we never play that fit. stage.
2: And not even like our gear and our bodies would fit, but we're a very energetic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then there's a, tours you get on that you don't have no space because no one's striking kits and oh it's always yeah. fun too
1: you have you two have two long stories of, for that <laughs> all of one square foot to. i had on at
0: show. one point just my size 12 shoe space for me wow yeah <laughs> Oh. More than once, but, and, and you'll, you'll guys will do it too. No. <laughs> oh, of
3: course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just wait. It's you so funny. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you play on the floor if you have to. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. She knows. To an extent. <laughs> to an extent.
0: But then you also got to stick up for yourself. You know, if you can't do your show, there's some, it's not, it's not a good portrayal of your band. You know, you're trying to sell your band to not monetarily, but just more fans, more people, turning people on to music. And when bands do, you know screw other bands like that it's super lame and because you can't do your show and you may not have you know dragons coming out of the PA and lasers and you know but you do have your thing you have your energy and you need a little bit of space you don't need a lot you don't need a catwalk but size 12 shoe ain't enough yeah sometimes yeah.
1: sometimes you got to you, you need a little bit more flailing room than mm-hmm. than that
2: <laughs> i think what we need is dragons coming out of the PA <laughs> yeah we can order up some dragons and
0: out of the PA that would be just
1: Fine. Oh man!
2: I've realized what our yeah live set is missing now. So we're, uh-huh. we're taking notes over here. All of your offhand comments—that's going to be our next live. I don't know set. where
0: we get dragons to come out of PA, but if you do, I know a guy. Uh, I'm going to take a bit of a percentage if you figure that out, because <laughs> that you will be the biggest band of all time. Yes.
1: <laughs> so for all our listeners who aren't aware, we—you uh, are in the future. We actually record these podcasts about a uh, week, two weeks, sometimes more than when they actually come out. Um, and so when people actually listen to us, you will be on tour with Killswitch. You're, you're in our time currently, the present, before we get into our little box of time machine that pushes the podcast into the future. This is
2: getting super meta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can we do it where I don't have to drive the 2,000 miles from Portland to San Antonio and just get there?
1: You're, li- well, you're leaving tomorrow, right?
0: Uh, no, Sunday. Sunday. That's
1: Sunday right, that's right. or it's Monday.
0: It's, it's just 33-hour drive. God. So we don't want to get there
2: too. <laughs> Wait, early. San
1: Antonio, you said.
2: Yeah, that's the first night. Ugh. We have stops in between. Don't worry. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, no, I know. I know. I know. We well. This will probably air around the time we're leaving for tour too. Yeah, but
0: no, we would have go. got places to go. I mean, shows to book before we got there, but we just couldn't. We've. I mean, we've circled the country so many times last year, and we needed the tour ends in Florida. So, we needed some of these dates to get back. So, it was just the shorter distance of the two. So, if we did, you know, Denver now, we couldn't do it coming back. And yeah. Uh, anyway, so.
1: No, that totally makes sense. A, well, that and with um, everything so messed up right now with uh, South by Southwest and So What Festival, yeah. we tried to book a, a little tour in March and it was just like we don't have, you know, we didn't have like a, a booking agent doing it for us. So, it was just like small places like, oh man, we're all booked up. Like, all the bands that you know, are going to So What in mm-hmm. South, South yep. Bay, Southwest are just California and all of that is just act right well, now. Yeah, and
0: also it's just like spr- almost spring, you know, so everybody's starting to fire up all the those summer festival things. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's kind of touring again. I don't like really touring in the winter, so I like <laughs> to get that New Year's or even December to March off. Yeah. Because the roads just suck and it's just kind of dismal winter.
1: Yeah, well, and driving in that is not fun. Yeah,
0: that's mostly what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny, like I didn't even like I I'm such a ignorant Alaskan kid. I was like, "Oh, like we're from Alaska, like it's not going to be a problem. Like there's no way that's going to be an issue in the lower 48. Like they don't have <laughs> bad road conditions, like." Uh, yeah. And then this last year just seeing so many so many crashes and yeah. like vans just Flipping their vans and all sorts of stuff. Nah, it's crazy. Some,
0: my nightmare. <sighs> yeah.
1: Was it the ghost inside? Yeah. The drummer lost like his leg. Like, yeah. oh. The I singer's
0: can't... like relearning to walk. I mean, it's. He lost bad. toes.
2: They're all going through physical therapy. I've yeah. actually like following that really closely. Yeah, they I mean they too. did a whole campaign. I just, oh man, heart goes out to those guys. That's yeah. for a band, you know, and they were, they were touring. Uh, you know, they came through Portland. I got to see them. Uh, mm. Great, you know. Yeah, killer. Uh, really doing their thing and to have that that is a that's just a rough stop in your career yeah that's they're super. lucky to be
0: alive for sure yeah that's the coolest thing i thought about that was their label epitaph like donates donating all their album sales like 100 yeah to that that's pretty sweet
1: yeah no that's that was one of the moments that i was like all right like music industry is not totally corrupt and fucked like there are good people
2: and you saw a lot of bands too i mean like bring me the horizon donated what ten thousand dollars Ten thousand dollars yeah No, i saw that damn and that's incredible because that's for me that's even before i was playing in bands just seeing that seeing bands and people in the scene having each other's backs that's why i do this some of the greatest people i've ever met are you know music we talked about like sleeping on couches and stuff like we really look out for each other in the music community Mm -hmm. yeah so that's been at least inspiring to hear about with yeah, this tragedy, totally horrible news. But you know, seeing that come out of this is good.
1: Yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, good luck on tour. <laughs> Thank <And> you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what are you like? You you've gone out with Switch <clears throat> before, yeah? You guys have toured together.
3: Yep.
0: It
1: was a while back, though.
0: Yep. It was, it's been a few years now, but we, um, well, we all kind of came up around the same time too, you know. Uh, we're a little older than them, but not too much. Uh, we went to, we experienced Europe together for the first time. So that was the first real tour we did with those guys. And that was a crazy tour because that, you know, usually you go over now three weeks at the most. Yeah. We were over for over two months. Damn. Yeah. It was called the road Runner road rage tour. It was like the first one. They did a whole bunch of those. I think we were on the first one or the second one. Anyway. Um, yep. Yeah. So anyway, I love those guys. We've had, you know, long time connection with those guys and, uh jesse sing the original singer who's now back in the band uh you know we his other band seamless came up to alaska a few years ago i don't know if you guys caught them but i loved that band and yeah so anyway their record came out today which won't be today but well today
2: <laughs> congrats on how well that album is doing by the time yeah. this airs <laughs> first week sales were amazing well i
1: looked at it i looked at it uh today and it's actually number one on metal it's oh, and seriously, congrats.
2: That's awesome. They deserve it.
1: I mean, they are one of the biggest metal bands in the world. Sure. So. Yeah,
0: should be good. They just did a really cool thing all week. I think tonight is the last night, but they played five shows all week in New York City at a different small little place, like 300 Cap, 500 Cap. Uh, so they, I think tonight's the last night, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, very cool. Saw lots of photos of it.
1: I love when bands do that. I'm like, it didn't. Was it Green Day or the Foo Fighters? Like someone played like a secret show in California a couple of years back, and they like.
2: Hey. I know the Foo, the Foo Fighters do that fairly regularly, yeah. where they kind of announce it and then play. Uh, Muse has done that a bunch of times too. Where hmm.
0: they you ever see it? when Foo Fighters like had some contest where you could get the Foo's to play in your garage or your backyard or something? I
1: think I remember I hearing know. about that. And a I guy
0: won imagine. that owned a pizza <laughs> joint, and so he had this pretty decent sized garage. It's all on YouTube. It's super cool, and the huh. dude's like singing with them. Like all his friends are there and they're like eating pizza, and that was pretty sweet. That's that's I love that band.
3: Yeah. You know, it's funny.
0: I don't love the music. I mean, I don't hate the music. I dig the music. I don't own any of the CDs or the, I don't know. I never listen to them. If they're on the radio, I'm like, oh, cool, Foo Fighters. I just think that they're cool. Dave Grohl is a cool dude.
2: They seem like good people. Like I feel like I could sit down and have a beer with Dave Grohl for sure. Absolutely. Jameson, uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) neat. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, Dave Grohl. Uh, this is your calling to come on Whiskey and Why? <laughs> yeah, he probably would. You can,
2: you can play our living room. You know what?
0: When uh, So he has another band with John Paul Jones and uh, Josh Home or Homie or however you say it uh, called Them Crooked Vultures. I don't oh, know if yeah. you Oh, yeah. Well, I, we played Download with them years ago and uh, we were like excited to watch it, even though I'd kind of already heard it and I was like, eh, it's kind of weird. Uh, I went to the bathroom. The whole band got photos with Dave Grohl, not me. Oh. No. i was in the bathroom
2: go no. figure
0: yeah oh so um, that was one of those unlucky moments and i got like the gnarliest sunburn of my life in the face that day
1: <laughs> we uh the first year we were here we uh we didn't get to play warp tour <laughs> no. we didn't get to play warp tour but we uh we did the battle and like we moved on to the final round and as our prize for just moving on, they got us tickets to go see it. So it was the first year I had ever seen Warp Tour. Um, Joe had seen it before, but we all got so badly sunburned that day. It was, it was horrible. I can't even imagine like playing the whole tour, like how much sunscreen they go through.
2: Well, and that, like if you got that kind of a sunburn, I couldn't have played a show the next day. There's a picture of us, four of us in this mirror and we're just like lobster red. I think I remember that photo. I yeah. literally still have those tan lines because yeah. I was wearing a tank top and it still looks like I'm wearing this flesh bikini. Yeah. <laughs> two years ago. Two years and I still have those tan lines. That hasn't mm-hmm.
0: gone away. When we were on Mayhem a couple of years ago, I wore flip-flops the whole summer. Yeah. Except for on stage, other than that I was in my flip-flops. I mean the first 2 weeks of that tour it was over like 100 degrees every day. And we were uh, us and walls of Jericho were the only bands on the whole tour in a van. I just want to say that. (laughs) So anyway, uh, but yeah, I had flip-flop tan lines for like two years afterwards. Seriously. It was, uh, so I I can relate to that.
2: This episode of Whiskey and Wine is brought to you by our lovely patrons over at patreon.com.
1: They get a lot of cool stuff for their continued support of Divides and this podcast in general. Uh, they get behind-the-scenes videos, they get episodes a whole week early, uh, and seeing as that we are on tour currently, they're getting a whole slew of behind-the-scenes videos and and funny clips and weird van antics that uh, no one else is going to get for a little while. So if you want to be a part of that exclusive club, go to patreon.com slash divides AK. There's a link in the description for this podcast as well. And uh, go pledge any dollar amount. I think it's the cheapest one we have is uh, $1 a month and you get access to the whole stream. Or if you want to get merch from us every couple months, or if you want like demos and new songs, lots of cool stuff. There's all sorts of options, and we could not appreciate our patrons more. Let's uh, let's get back to our interview now with Brock Lindo from Thirty Six Crazy Fists.
2: So professional, if
0: you haven't noticed. <laughs> it's a little like Little Wayne's World in here. <laughs> I just watched Wayne's
2: World the other day. That's
1: nice. the best reference. We're going to say that we are the Wayne's World of podcasts.
2: Yeah, can can we get a, a solid quote of that to use as our bumper for this? They are the Wayne's World of podcasts. <laughs>
1: That's going in our theme music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. All right. So party on siege. Oh. <laughs>
2: no, I can't get it.
1: Party on jacks I'll take it. There we, go. <laughs> uh, we uh are now refreshed with our beverages. I loosened a belt loop. Ooh. Subtly. I'm still
2: wearing my belt. I don't usually do that for these. <laughs> good. I usually go beltless myself on this. Yeah. What? Okay, I guess while we're there, this is for our podcast. I get comfy, you know, sitting down or doing radio. I had my stuff. Do you have any weird, like, show rituals? Mm.
0: Weird? Mm. I mean, weird and I don't really warm up. I don't think that's that weird, but I don't warm up. For
1: being a touring vocalist, I feel like a lot of... uh,
0: I know. know, I kind of try to, but, like, some guys really go nuts with it. Not me.
1: No. You just take a shot and... Get on stage. I definitely take a shot.
0: I <laughs> definitely take a shot. But it doesn't always work out to my favorite. I'm, sometimes I'm up there just sucking and going, boy, I should really work, work this into my routine of warming up. Yeah. But uh, no, not really. I don't think it's weird because I don't know if it's that abnormal, but I think you probably should, and I just never do. I think I know it works for me. Yeah. And some days, like the first week of tour usually really suck, always. First show is killer second sucks third sucks fourth probably isn't that great but then it starts to warm itself up and if you can fight off any tour sickness that's always good as well
1: vitamins
2: and water as we were talking about
0: lots of water actually
2: but now i get that in like finding grooves that's we're definitely pushing for the longer runs and we have this one coming up but you really do find that after the second or third night
0: yep yep i think it just takes a little bit to get uh the rest knocked off too. I mean, when, it's always nice when you can go from tour to tour. Like last year was pretty busy for us, so you just feel like you're so on top of your game. This is m- mostly the reason that I came here two weeks before the tour started because I haven't done it in years. And I'll just meet the guys, and we're just dog shit <laughs> first couple shows, and it's because you're unrehearsed. And uh, if you haven't been touring, we have been we've been off since Christmas, so um, that's three three months at least. So, yeah, um, I'm glad I came to rehearse because I feel much better today uh, with the rehearsals because the first one yeah. was <laughs> a suspect. But, uh, yeah, and it would have been twice as bad. if. And this tour is going to be big. You know, I don't want to be sucking on that.
1: So. Totally, totally. Well, in Memphis, Mayfire is, I think, direct support for mm-hmm. Killswitch on this, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Be, that'll be super cool. I feel like it's going to bring a whole different... like. I
0: think, I think that's the reason they're there. Yeah. I don't know anything about them. I did see him at the warp tour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean I saw that they were on the thing, mm-hmm. but they there was something that happened for them where they had to leave super early or something, so they played second, mm-hmm. I think, which they probably would have been one of the headliners. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of people it seemed like just from the rumblings were bum they missed them. Yeah. Because they didn't, you know, that Yeah, you guys played the first warp tour, right? The first battle in anchors. Did you do that one?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Well, do you remember how long it took people oh, no, to get in? Oh, no, no, no. Not, not the oh, Road to Warp. No, okay. we haven't played Road to Warp. Well, anyway, they it takes a while to get everybody in. Yeah. Like that Paris band was first. Are they yeah. called Paris or yes. Purvis? Paris. Purvis. Paris? Yeah, Paris. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm out of it. But uh, they were first. Yeah. And that band was pretty popular too, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, they, oh, yeah. They huge. headlined.
2: They were main stage uh, this year. Yeah, so down.
0: they were first. I think Memphis Bayfire were second because of their schedules. They had to leave, which huh. seems weird to come up and have your schedule be so lame that you couldn't yeah, yeah. later but um yeah because like we were second to last and helmet was last
1: yeah that's hmm. right i remember that but uh
0: yeah anyway we were going with all that memphis, oh memphis, mayfire. memphis yeah. mayfire
1: yeah um <laughs>
2: they're great, whiskey yeah <laughs> they're one of our drummers uh favorite bands yeah and i you know i've listened to them for years they uh-huh. they have a really cool sound their vocalist is super talented right yeah. i gathered that and he's yeah. uh
0: Got a lot of, I mean, when I started investigating the band a bit, he's got a lot of followers. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so he's, he's got his social media It's day. pretty
0: preachy, right? It's, they're like a faith-based band.
1: He's, he is pretty pretty religious. Um, he,
2: he actually did a side project because Memphis Mayfire isn't supposed to be uh, preachy in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have songs where they kind of bring it up. Uh, one thing that I really like about them is, again, he comes from that background and everything. And he has his solo project, which kind of deals with that more. But Memphis Mayfire did do a good job of separating that. Yeah, but at the same, no, time, I wasn't knocking at all. No, I just, no, I, I sure. think
0: that I think I kind of gathered that from him.
2: Uh, they've always they're always super positive. Like it's real heavy music. I mean, right. obviously, yeah. but it's all super uplifting. Like the actual things yeah. that he's saying is yeah. like, no, you're you're great. You're better than you think you are. I like, did yeah. hear him yeah. talking
0: on the mic saying things like that. Yeah, talking to the kids, and and that's awesome. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely.
1: Yeah, you're. I I read this. And it like I you know I actually haven't seen them and I've only listened to a couple of songs and I've read this in some interview I think it was in Alt Press a couple of years back and I I at this point I feel like I probably misunderstood but I read that he has a separate tour bus from his band so you're gonna have to tell me you have to text me and tell me Well, if, I mean that's if, not
0: that abnormal with big bands I mean really yeah
1: what Ivan, the vocalist Five has, Finger
0: Death Punch had his own bus
1: the, the bus though like his own entire yeah. what.
0: I, well on that mayhem tour like all the disturbed dudes had their own bus. Of course all the slip there's nine dudes in slip They all had their own buses.
1: There's nine buses. Yeah. For slip wow.
0: Then like a crew <laughs> bus and I mean, you think about it. Like a bus costs 30 grand a month.
1: Yeah. I
0: think that's about the estimation.
1: Yeah.
0: If you're making 250 a night, if you're making 100 a night.
1: Yeah. No, that's I mean that's totally fair. So you fair.
0: can a couple shows you already paid for it and you're playing 30 <laughs> plus shows. So yeah, no, I hear heard you saying I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I would be probably surprised on this level. Yeah. But I don't know what level they're on. I mean, Killswitch is headlining, but maybe these guys draw bigger on their own things. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these caps are about five thousand a night, three to five, I think. So yeah. it's big.
1: Are there any shows sold out? Do you know?
0: No, I have nice. no, I don't know anything about ticket sales. So yeah, yeah. No clue. All I know is we're second, and I'm stoked on that.
1: <laughs> not, first. not. Not opening. <laughs> yep. There you go. And our
0: buddies, Tooth Grinder, are opening, and they have a brand new record out, and it's killer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: It's just crazy awesome. to think about that, because again, and I know we're different from a lot of bands, but we live together, we eat together, we like, you know, we shared bedrooms moving down here, and and obviously the thirty six crew, you guys are super close. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine being away from my band like that. I yeah. feel like that would make tour. Yeah.
0: Well, worse that's that happen. is a bummer, but yeah. I think that's that's the difference between what you guys have done, what we have done, which they probably didn't do. They probably all grew up in the big city that they were in and they uh well uh, he's from Spokane so maybe I don't know where this well, band's from I think I think I'm not I... assuming they're from Memphis
1: <laughs> No no they're from they're from somewhere in the south um, but he because okay.
0: uh, he was in a band called Knights of Fire, Knights on Fire,
1: something like that. Yeah, in Spokane, in Spokane. and
2: joined after their first album. Yeah, Ro- okay. What, what,
1: we know so much about this band. Well, <laughs> yeah, fill me the,
2: in. The producer that we worked with on Broken Tooth did Memphis Mayfire's first album before okay. they got uh, Matty Mullins. That's right. Okay, um, so he was kind of when. Uh, we went up there to do the album CJ and I stayed for the whole time. And we went out to dinner with this guy a couple of times. And just hearing those stories, the behind the scenes about their first vocalist and how it didn't work out. And he was really pushing Maddie Mullins. Like they were kind of skeptical about him at first, yeah. but yeah, no, clearly that worked out and they're killing it. Uh, oh, I yeah. saw them at Warped Tour this last year and they incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
1: It'll be, it'll be a super cool tour. for. I you think guys. it is
0: good to have them on because it is a t- Killswitch and us.
1: A
2: lot
0: of the same fans, probably, but although they have more, but with us we've been in the same world our whole life, and we get associated in the press a lot, friends so that sense. band don't know anything about them, although I know they're a big band in the warp tour world and all that stuff, younger kids, which is smart on Killswitch's part to get a band like that, mm-hmm. yeah, and then tooth grinder, who is brand new, not brand new, but brand new in the the worldwide scheme, yeah. totally um, and pretty new anyway, they're young guys, uh but they're totally like. I don't really it's it's crazy. Have you heard have you guys heard them? I haven't. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's really killer. It's like uh I would almost say Dillinger escape plan meets mm, a bit of faith no more Ooh. but but no synth. It's straight it's chaotic.
1: I can I'm super into I'll play
0: you guys some a song, the one of the new songs and stuff, yeah. but really cool dudes and uh so they're totally different too. So it's it's going to be a cool diverse package.
1: Yeah. I actually just found this band um, last week called Ritual. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't remember. Where Sounds from. like we should know them. Yeah. They're, right. <laughs> no, they're incredible. Like, right. like, kind of like Norma Jean Chariot. esque super hectic. Like, but oh, so freaking good. Just like.
0: Wait. They're called Ritual.
1: Ritual, and they're new. They just put out a record. They're doing like they're not touring. Like they're a side. Are you project sure they're band? not
0: called Gold and Holy Gold? Yes. With a song called Ritual. No,
1: I'm positive because the band's <laughs> called Ritual and the album is self-titled.
0: Okay, because there's a new members from Norma Jean and the Chariot, and a band called Holy Gold. I just checked. I don't know the song. Was that, was that on Ritual. The
1: press today? I think I saw that uh, too. I
0: saw it on uh, somebody's Instagram. Was pumping them. Yeah.
2: I did not hear that, and I just got really excited. And like, I checked <laughs> it out last
0: night. They only have like one song. Yeah. So I thought maybe it was that, but uh, is it, it in was that cool. Same vein.
2: Yeah, it's Whoa. like
0: it's more like Norma Jean. Okay. and the chariot it's not that crazy but uh sounded cool that's awesome. holy gold
1: holy gold plugging all sorts too. of bands right now seriously get into it man what well, uh, it is
2: cool to hear plugs like that because again i grew up on kill switch that was like me skating around parking lots in high school and listening yeah. to that kind of stuff yeah um so to hear that and again yeah you guys were coming up around the same time and i get the comparison uh that people lump you guys together that's awesome that you get to go on the road I'm like fangirling objectively through you right now. Well, we're grateful
0: for that because we have been wanting to get on the road. Our cycles haven't really matched up lately, and we're we're done with our cycle anyway. Yeah, what are you laughing? It's,
1: it's, it's a it's a girl thing. I know. Yes. <laughs> when you when you when you hang out with girls, so we're tour really quick side note: the tour we're doing in uh, <laughs> in we're off uh, into April. The cycle. Well, there's there's the the manager of one band is, is a girl, and then the vocalist of the other band is a girl. So we're joking about or cycles matching uh, up on the
2: copy that
0: make sure everybody's on the same cycle yeah,
1: exactly anyways
2: no it's okay you see for being in a band with a bunch of dudes she is often the first one to jump on the like inappropriate jokes there
1: she
0: kind of uh, asked you i think that's the best way to do it
3: yeah yeah
2: well, she was on a show with you and fat guy i think she got real good at just like beating you to the punch like- it made me
0: cringe constantly with the comments that he would say
1: yeah we love we love fat guy but so for people who don't know me from alaska and from this is baby on 94 7 no i uh
0: i remember this after i was done with the radio thing for a bit uh hearing you on the radio and i was like damn you sounded so good i would text you i was like you just sounded so good like so pro yeah i was always proud
1: oh Still well, proud. see, now I'm doing podcasts in my living room. And you're on it, and it's great. Perfect. Perfect. all the way around.
2: Well, that was the thing, too. I think both of us kind of had this gap for, like, you know, we both did radio for years. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, talking about it. And it's like, man, I miss that. I just, I miss that atmosphere, that energy.
0: I love radio. I really do. I don't love the limited pay that radio gives you. And, and I don't really expect it to have more than it does. But... And I think there is ways to make money in there. There really is if you're hungry enough and you want to prostitute yourself enough, <laughs> which is where it gets really difficult because you yeah. don't want to be doing the Captain Morgan's 300th birthday at Rum Runners on a Thursday night and doing the pirate call for an auto start.
3: <laughs> anyway, is that something you've done? Yes. Yeah, I was and they tried
0: that. to get me to put on the Captain Morgan's uh, pirate suit. Now, I was just trying to tell them I am a real-life pirate and I don't need the suit. But they weren't really feeling that. And then I just got drunk on Captain Morgan's, and it sucked.
2: I was going to say, that's not an example. That's not a metaphor. That's a real story. it was a
0: real story. But no, I I agree with you. I love radio. I think it's fun, and it's cool to like, it always kind of sucked when you had to like act all excited about a back sale of a band you just could not
2: stand. Yeah, yeah, that was the worst. My favorite working in 94.7 was announcing Nickelback. Yeah, hard. Every time coming out of that, hard. Uh, you have to find a way to be like, yep, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think that the, the good DJs always do find a way to like tongue-in-cheek it. Yeah. B- but most of the part, you can. I mean, these, you need to be enthused about it, you know? Sure. Yeah. But well, uh, and there are, there's the
1: good reason, ways to do it. The reason you're playing it is because there are people who like that, like, sure. like, who, want, who are listening yeah. to your station because of that.
2: Like. You have to like turn into the skid a little bit because yeah. you can't openly bash it. But I love saying like after a song, like, Hey, this is 94.7, and you just got Nickelbacked. Yes. Up next we have, and that's a way... Like, <laughs> that's it's, genius. It's not blatant, nope. but they get
0: it. Hey, while we're talking about Nickelback, let's, let's really get into the hate of Nickelback. Yes, let's. Because, okay, in my band, I am the one dude that really tolerates rock. Okay. Like, commercial rock. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Shinedown, yeah. for example. I think that singer's badass. My band can't stand it they're like so jaded about it and i'm like so then there's the band uh nickelback and i'm like it's a good rock band that has like this rock formula i don't i don't love them i don't hate them i I, i'm indifferent but i don't understand the hate
2: per se with that band no it's an easy target
0: it's an easy target but there's plenty of easy targets
2: i think the biggest thing because i'm with you I they actually have songs that I like. I have played them on bullet my own. Bullet with a name—that's a
0: good song.
2: Yeah, uh, how you remind me? I think Honestly, it's called Bullet
0: with a Name. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's like their heavier track about I'll scratch your name inside yeah. of a bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're seeing Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> this,
0: this is what whiskey podcast and Wine just to. <laughs> took a bad turn. Sorry.
2: <laughs> um, no, I think I think the biggest thing is they came out and they did have a really strong first album. Uh, and it blew up. And I think after that, people just thought they played the game too much. They had that yeah. song, like, I want to be a rock star. But it's
0: a genius song. I love that song. Lyrically, that song is genius. It. For the dumbed down yeah. rock and roll listener. Not dumb, just a dumbed down, not needing a lot of freaking technicality. Of
2: course. But technicality. It, like you said, there are a dozen bands that have done that. Yeah. M- more than that. There are so many bands. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite instances of that was the band Seether. Uh, Cause they put out uh, "Remedy," that was an incredible song. That whole album. The next thing that they put out, the next big national push, their song was called "Fake It," and that song was literally saying, "Guys, we're gonna play the game. We have to play the game. We're gonna play the game, but just know, fuck this."
0: <laughs> That's rad. I don't know that band other than the name, really. That's great.
2: I and know. good for them. Yeah, that was the premise of the whole song, and I just appreciated that a band was willing to call that out on national radio, being like, "Hey." fake it Hey, yeah it it. what about the song where he's talking about
0: he's trying to convince her dad that it was her mouth that he was kissing I mean, there's some good lyrics it was something
1: about like the spaceship like right i know i know oh no 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 maybe i don't remember the spaceship that <laughs> might
0: have been that might have been uh, david bowie or something
1: <laughs> no no you're right like this the song with like mm. Yeah, yeah, like he, they were animals. Like, yeah, they were like in a car and like the, animal, yeah.
0: right? That's the name of that song. Uh, you're right. It's I couldn't been, do that one. No, it's you couldn't a, do that one. It's now, been a long. I mean, time. literally, you're right about all of it. I mean, it's pretty mindless. But I just always kind of confused why they were like the poster child of hate for commercial rock. And I, you know, we were on Roadrunner when they were on Roadrunner, and I remember their A and R guy's name was Ron Berman remember having a conversation with him because I was trying to get him to listen to Del Mag back in the day. Yeah. And I thought, because he was doing way more of the commercial side of Roadrunner. He had them and a, some other spinoff bands like that. And uh, he was telling me that they were going platinum every day in another country for weeks and weeks. I mean, this is like the first album or second album, Silver Side Up, maybe I believe it yeah, was called. Yeah, that was the first, yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. You know, I wish I had their accounts.
1: He's laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Right? He doesn't give a sh and he's married to Avril Levine.
2: He's ugly as hell. <laughs> yeah. But riding that wave, again, he's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. Their choruses, I you know, it's it's so popular to hate them that you can't admit that you like them, and yeah. I still have that stuck in my head.
1: We're gonna yeah. we're gonna get blacklisted from now. No one is gonna to. <laughs> because
2: <laughs> we admitted on our podcast well, that <laughs> You know what's kind of funny
0: about that? Like we're kind of embraced this isn't kind of nearly as edgy. But I remember the mirror dude like really embracing Limp Bizkit in a time where Limp Bizkit's like, you know, that's might as well be Nickelback.
3: Yeah. But he's
0: like, I love Limp Bizkit and they're kind of rap metal anyway-ish, but heavier than hell. They were also an easy target though. And they were getting tons of hate, you know? Yeah. So.
1: Got to stand up for yourself sometimes. Yeah. I I mean,
0: I I would never, I mean, I I actually do catch a lot of flack from my band in a jokingly manner about these bands that I like. I'm Shine down. I'll argue about them all day long. You have to see them live. They're sick. And uh, that singer, Brent Smith, is badass. So there you have it. I'm plugging it.
2: Well, in the live set, too, that changes things. There's so many bands. Yep. They'll put out a song. They'll be on the radio. And I'm like, ah, man, I used to like them. They did. And then you see them live. And even when they play that poppy single, you're like, oh, I get it. I get yeah. why you're doing that. That's mm-hmm. a stadium song. Yep. Yeah.
0: And it's hard to make those songs, like, especially if you don't know how to do it. Like, I mean, even like the bands that I loved, like in the 90s, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, they didn't have massive singles. I mean, Alice in Chains had, you know, Man of the Box is pretty damn big probably, but that's not the song I want to cover anyway. Like, So you think about these, like, how did they write, like certain bands that we're talking about, like Seether, for example, that's a Three Days Grace. Mm -hmm. Big rock radio bands, Five Finger Death Punch, that's a perfect example. That's a band that their first album was like, pretty damn heavy in a accessible way i would say yeah and like they just continued now they have at least four singles a record that's hard to do oh yeah and so but i think also radio adapts to certain bands if you've already had success for for a single they're willing to like just take your next single
1: yeah totally um like
0: oh that's your next single whatever the band and the record company wants to submit they're gonna spin it and it may not be that same formula, but it can still be made big because it's got that many spins and people are like, ooh, I like that song, even though it's kind of weird. It's that name recognition.
2: Yeah. yeah. People are like, oh, exactly. Disturbed. I yeah. know what they sound yep. like. I know what I'm going to expect here.
0: Yep. You know what's cool on rock radio right now that I, th- that I think is kind of different, uh, that's getting big, is that band Highly Suspect. I'm not familiar.
1: Uh, does not fact I work with them or work for them? or
0: I don't know. I, I have like- no idea. Someone I see. Very cool band, though. They're like the Cage of the Elephant. Okay. That kind of world, I'd say. Yeah. Maybe Smashing Pumpkins meets Food Fighters meets Heavier.
2: Okay. Indie, alt-rock. Kinda? Yeah. Okay.
0: Blood Feather. That's the, the cool song. Check that song out. And oh. it, But I'm stoked to see a band like that on k Whale Or, I don't even know if they have K-UFO here, but they probably are spinning it because it's on K-Wale. It's on 94.7 and back home. And that's a band that's not like Seether or Three Days Grace or... Yeah dark days down or I don't know what the hell they're called these days
1: it always gives you that like slight hope
0: yeah and you want to see bands like that that are breaking the mold I mean back in the day you never would have thought Corn would be on the radio yeah on their first album dude's crying about getting touched by his dad yeah you know that's pretty edgy yeah and now Corn's on the radio every album so it does adapt it's cool when it does to cool bands
2: and that's one thing that's cool to hear. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of songs on the radio that I don't necessarily like, but I will listen to because it's like, mm. that's not a radio song. Exactly. Uh, one of the best examples, and CJ and I uh, totally get along on this 21 Pilots right now. He's been pumping them forever. I've I'm never not, listened to them. I'm not saying you have to or whatnot, but I respect them more than any like up and coming modern band because mm. they are not a radio band. No, any... I need to check them because I
0: see photos of them. And I remember when she was trying to tell me to check them out. Back then, at the Mm -hmm. radio station,
2: yeah. And I see now. I think they just played like the Hammer Smith Ballroom. They just sold out Madison Square Garden. There you go. I mean, (laughs) just as far as like, yeah, I know. Yeah, Um, and there's just two dudes. Yeah, insane.
1: And like samples and what is it? It's so hard. It's it's
2: (laughs) it's uh, uh, ukulele, ukulele, hip hop, screamo. (laughs) screamo, Yeah, hip hop. It's everything. But why did it get so big? Because they are passionate. They believe in what they're doing more than any band I've seen in the last ten years. And their
1: marketing okay. is fucking
2: awesome. Well, yes. They also have really that. Really
1: good, really good marketing. That always helps. They yeah, they, they, they have like everything they post has like a look to it and it like it's like super recognizable. Like they like they 30 did thirty
0: seconds to Mars type music
2: or
1: No, no. Nothing. Even the the
2: hip hop aspect is pretty big. Like it's on really? it's it's on stations like ninety four seven because it has that edge. I he was... does
1: well, well our, Port-
2: Portland's ninety four seven. Yes, not okay. not Alaska's ninety four seven. Sorry.
1: I was like, if it was never. I- <laughs> Those
2: are two different. Yeah, uh, it's on Portland's ninety four seven, which is more of the alt indie scene. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they literally had a song on the radio about how much radio sucks. Uh, lane or stay in your lane, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is amazing, and I think that's what people really connect to because people do see past that. That's I think that's the whole Nickelback shaming people like that music it's catchy it's accessible but we get it like
1: we don't we don't want to be like treated like we're dumb you know like like no one no one wants to like listen to music and be like oh like there's always a guilty pleasure to like liking a chorus like like call me maybe is a really great example i fucking love that song and i listen i listen to the chorus and i'm like (laughs) this is so bad why do i like this why is it so damn catchy you know like you, you got to find that middle ground. And I think that's why they saw success is because they do have great choruses and they, but they also have an intellectual piece to them that makes people feel good about themselves Yeah, <laughs> for liking them.
0: I have a, a experience of last year before our last album came out. I really felt like this is it. This is the, sh- the we need a shot. We needed something, a label that would really you know swing for the fences with us even though i don't even know what i'm talking about to be honest or like per se like one example what am i talking about swing for the fences like what do i mean i don't i didn't really know i just knew i needed somebody that was as passionate about my band as i am about my band so when we went with them spine farm um whom i love dearly uh we decided to have this conversation about you know let's get on these Rock on the ranges. Let's get on these commercial rock tours, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, you want to do that? And I'm like, yes, because my whole career I've been with metal bands, like heavy metal, hardcore. Let's go out with something that has Hailstorm and blah, 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 and all these other accessible bands. So anyway, we do that. We went out with Nonpoint, who's a radio rock band. We went out with In This Moment, who's a Big time radio rock band now. What I did learn from that was maybe my band is not that band because you're playing to those kind of fans. The average, and I don't mean average in a derogatory term, I mean the average everyday radio listener. I don't listen to the radio. None of my friends listen to the radio. We put our phones on and we listen to the tunes we like. So I'm not saying those people don't do that, but I did know that there was something that I learned that mm, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. If you don't have that formula, and I don't even know what that formula is, because like I said, that band, Highly Suspect, is not that formula, and they're on the radio. So maybe if you're on a different thing. But the two tours I did, Nonpoint, not as bad because they were they're a rock metal band. In this moment, rock metal band, but it's more of a show. I would, and I don't mean this any disrespect because they have a kick ass show. But it's like a Vegas show. It's like you are paying a high dollar ticket to see her. And then the band guys are in these other platforms and it's killer. It's a it's a kill it's a cool show. But those fans are not interested in what I'm doing. Yeah. Because it's teenage girls. I had a huge beard I'm 40 big dude just yelling at kids with their parents behind them like what time does this guy get off you know and uh, I just really did learn about that radio thing that I was kind of bummed to learn about I thought we could really transcend but we didn't and I'm not bummed that we didn't because it was didn't do any it didn't harm us Didn't, didn't help really but I learned that if you don't have that backing also, like, I do know if you get on those tours, though, that have radio station sponsorship, they're way better shows as far as attendance. Because if you don't have, like, just look at all the, I mean, the tour I'm about to go on. Every radio station in those cities are sponsoring those shows. Those are the best tours to get on. Because, you know, you guys know, I know, you go on the tours that usually don't have those, and it's hard to get the promotion. So that all part's... Great, but I I learned a lesson on wanting to be in that world and not really being in that world. So I was a little delusional, I think.
1: Yeah, I feel like there. I mean, I I don't know, but I feel like there might be some kind of freedom in that too, because you know we constantly like I always feel like we're you know we have to like dumb it down a little bit for singles or say like you know like okay, well we need that chorus, we need things to like get into that mainstream, like get a mainstream listener on board, you know, and I feel like if you reach that point where you're like, no, that's not my band. Like I, I hope there'd be like a freedom in that. And like, you guys can just do whatever the fuck you want.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is, you want to have that freedom, but at the same time, you want to, you don't want to see yourself not get up the ladder. You know, I think, so I think there's a give and take to it because just talking to R A and guy the other day, and he's like, Hey, if you think there's a commercial viable single, let me hear it. So maybe I can pass it along to so-and-so. And he can hear, because he did X amount of records in that world. And that's just a weird conversation anyway with me. And you can't have it with Holt. Because he is so anti that shit. You have to like really massage that. But he also knows that, you know, he wants to be successful. And you see these bands, that is, that is you can have your grassroots following. It's wonderful to have it. And we'll be proud of our career when it's said and done. Because we did what we did. But wouldn't it be wonderful, your band included, to have that, one song that does elevate your band like it has all these other bands. I mean, in this moment, they used to open for us, and they were just a rock metal band. Now they're this massive thing. Not saying that I would ever do that, but you guys could do that because you guys are younger and you have a great look. At, to you guys, don't look good. But you know, we're not <laughs> we're not great. about our look. We're not, we we've never been about our look. You know, and there's nothing that's not good or bad. I'm not saying anything bad about a it. Look, it look. I love seeing bands that look good. Yeah, I mean, the best. Yeah. Looking band in the world at one time was this band called 18 Visions. Those dudes looked good. (laughs) They had makeup on. We shared a bus with them in Europe and we were such jerks, you know, just drinking our heads off. But I remember they would have, they came on, you know, they're from California, Orange County. We're not. And uh (laughs) they would come on with their makeup bags and stuff, and we would be like, Who the fuck are these dudes? And then we become friends with them, and then we'd see him every night, and he's got the scarf on, he looks good, his hair's awesome. There's something to be said about that. Totally, so, totally. So I would never, back then, I would be like, fuck that. Yeah. But now, I would never tell a band, don't don't pay attention to your look. I mean, and, and do it the right way. You know, the band, you, know you don't want to be manufactured and have the label say, oh, you need a white belt on with that black shirt. You know, that's a little far. But if it's your style and you're into, like, wearing makeup and having a show and having fire and aspiring to that, I think that's killer. Yeah. Especially lights. I mean, you need to have light shows.
1: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And it's
0: hard because it's expensive. But a band doesn't have to be as good if they got
2: a kick-ass light show.
1: Yep, yep. At least with with live like stage presence, makes such a difference. Totally.
2: It's a big thing, too. And uh, we've had the conversation, again, aesthetic is, uh, is very important. And so we've talked about, but every band just needs to fit what they do. And again, you guys, you guys are this rough and snuff Alaskan band. I have seen videos of you playing shows with extra toughs. Yeah, I mean, and that's perfect. I don't
0: recommend that for anybody. Those that, that they don't breathe at all.
2: <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. I would die if I played a show in extra Tufts. Um Next but no, show, you're doing it. Oh, please no! Nope. A little stinky, a little call. stinky, a little. Yeah. See, the
1: funny thing is, this is going to air while we're on tour, and then the next night,
2: <laughs> you're going to be like, so. Uh... <laughs> <You're gonna hate
1: laughs>
2: This episode of Whiskey and Wine is brought to you by Backblaze, online backup systems. It is the world's best way for you to save and secure all of your data.
1: I, uh, so as we've mentioned several times, uh, we are currently on tour. And uh, I keep, before we, we left, I kept waking up in the middle of the night with these night terrors about working on the podcast on the road or getting the laptop stolen or something basically where. All of the files that I have for whiskey and wine and for divides and everything in my life, essentially, is lost. And I wake up terrified, almost about wetting the bed, and then I realize that I actually really don't have anything to worry about because all of my files are backed up via Backblaze.com. And if I wanted to, I could just have them send me a new hard drive with all of my files on it ready to go. So... If that's not a reason for you to go to backblaze.com slash whiskey and wine and start your free 30-day trial right now, then I think you're kind of hopeless.
2: Now let's get back to that interview.
1: So let's uh, let's get into sticks. It's time. Time for...
2: Yeah, sound clip. Tell me sticks.
1: It's the... You You so kindly <laughs> <laughs> pointed out the uh, this jar of popsicle sticks when you first got here. And now it's your turn to... Pull an interview question and okay. interview yourself while we drink our whiskey.
0: Okay. I'm going to interview myself. <laughs> oh boy.
1: So you read the question and you answer it. Okay.
0: You get to take a shot with any musician, alive or dead, who and what do you drink? Easy. Lane Staley, because he's my favorite singer of all time. I guess we got to go Jack Daniels, because in the 90s when I was really in love with that band, I really prided myself on my Jack Daniels intake. I was, of course, legally of the age. Of course. We're going 1996 on that. Uh, uh, yeah, no, Lane Staley, for sure. My favorite singer of all time. And uh, we do a little Jack Daniels. I don't know if the man was into Jack Daniels, but uh, unfortunately I never got to see him play. I saw, I've saw, i seen the band play a few times now with the new singer. And they're great with him, but I would have much rather seen it with Lane.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I, You have an answer? Because I need to think about this. Yeah. I feel
2: like it only flips around maybe 50% of the time. What? The, uh, us answering the question? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh.
1: I know. I'm never prepared for this.
2: Do another one.
1: Do another <laughs> stick. There you go. See, this uh, is the problem. This is why we're the hosts and not the people doing radio interviews. <laughs> people ask us questions. We're like, next question. Actually,
2: uh, no. I have an answer. Okay. Um, it took me a second. Uh, Skylar Kroom of He Is Legend.
1: Shit. Such a good answer.
2: And I don't know what kind of whiskey he drinks, but he's a whiskey drinker. I'm
0: going to say Old Crow.
2: No, uh, apparently. So Megan, a very good friend of ours, and she has been you know, involved with the band for a while. She actually took a shot with him uh, when they played at the Hawthorne Theater. Uh, so I will have to follow up and ask her what kind of shot they took. But it okay. was whiskey. Yeah,
0: um, he looks like a whiskey drinker.
2: He, oh, man. he, Yeah, Southern boys yeah. through and through. I would love to take a shot of whiskey with him. All
1: right. I have an answer too. Keith Buckley.
2: He was my second choice.
1: Damn it. <laughs> no, go ahead. I don't know what we would drink. I don't. I, Jeff I, Buckley
2: would have been better, but.
1: Uh, uh, but I mean, every time I die, yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I'll, cheers, to I'll that. cheers. There we go. So you get that. Cheers, Both, both
0: clip. good, good, uh, good drinking buddies. Yes. For sure.
1: Yes. I played a, a video game with Keith Buckley once. Mm. It was at Ground Control. It was, uh, anticlimactic because I was really nervous and I couldn't make conversation, So we were just playing rumble and I was dying badly. And,
2: uh, yeah, this part will probably be off the record, but I met Keith Buckley that same night. (laughs) Uh, it was at the show watching him play. Um, and I went to the bathroom and it was right before their set, like in between bands. And I was taking a piss. Uh, I was at, you know, did my thing, zipped up, turned around and Keith Buckley was the next person in line at the urinal. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm not going to shake your hand right now, <laughs> but yeah. I really appreciate what you do. <laughs> so I was where like, that uh, uh, the Hawthorne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But it was just this funny moment, like, man, I really want to shake your hand, but I was just holding my dick. <laughs> I'm not going to do this.
1: <laughs> Clean dick. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know where your hand's been. Yeah, just... <laughs> that would <have> been
0: funny.
1: <laughs> oh God. All right. You can, you can do the next, the next stick now.
0: Favorite city or venue to play.
1: God, you're getting the best possible questions for you. I was afraid you were going to get like some, some of our weird like... Asinine
0: know. kind of, yeah. you know. I mean, favorite venue, it goes without saying it's Coots because it's home and that's been our spot forever. But yeah. I'm not going to say that because that's just a given. Yes. There is a place that is so damn cool. And it's in the UK. It's, co- it's called the Thekla. T H E K A. A L A. It's in Bristol, and Bristol is known for having great, great, great shows. But the thing about this venue is, it is a boat. You play in the hull of this old ship. It's got a bar upstairs. It's got a long bar. It's about five hundred people probably, and it's one of the coolest. And it's just tied up on the dock. It doesn't. It's not floating when you're playing but uh it lists a little bit you know so the whole place is a li- not bad but a little lean and uh no barricade they cram all the people in there and it's just probably one of the coolest places i've ever seen for sure
1: that is awesome yeah that's so freaking that club <laughs> god i love when people do that with venues like they they really like have a just super cool thing
2: Actually, that was going to be one of my other questions. Uh, We talked about like tour routing and stuff, but your guys like international stuff. uh, What do you do for routing as far as that goes?
0: We've had the same booking agent since we first went there. Yeah. Um. So I don't ever do that. Like I don't. I mean, it's just like clockwork. You know, the countries are pretty small over there. Yeah. You know, the drives. The drives comparably are ridiculous. You know, bus call is at 3 or 4 a.m. because you're only going two hours down the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so it's a lot easier to tour over there. It feels like, to me anyway. And we're not driving, you know. We actually have a, it's the real rock and roll dream over there. So yeah, yeah. It's a little better. But um, I think it's easier to get over there, though, now. You know, like, last time I toured there, there was a band that was with us that I don't think bought on they're from california and they had been doing it on they they had like a motorhome like a a european motorhome and were driving all around on their own and just joined us for like six or seven shows and uh really cool dudes i'm trying to think their damn name right now (laughs) um but they were doing they did it all on their own yeah and uh, they were getting their little guarantees or whatever they were and they were making it work and so anyway all i'm saying is it's definitely possible to do it just like it is here yeah just have to get an airplane ticket and rent some gear because they have a place over there in London called John Henry's. It's like a Costco of gear rental, it's this huh. massive place, and everybody just rents gear. So uh, you stop there first, it's not far from the airport, and you get your rental rig, I'm sure. And then you just set up shows like you would anywhere.
1: Yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Well, we'll get Brian on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you guys will figure it out for sure.
1: <laughs> well, let's get uh, into A Song. Let's
0: go with. You do have a lot do, of no, albums. No, 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 I know you have, no, you
1: have. Well, I'm trying you, to think some
2: off the new have album. Decades of. <laughs> uh,
0: let's go with "Gathering Bones" off okay. the newest album.
1: Of course, got to be a newest track. Got to yeah. be a newest track. People do their research on this show. I think, our two listeners. A
2: little bit of background.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, short and sweet of it is just uh, at that time, I my my grandmother passed away uh, three weeks before my mom passed away. So. It's kind of, a. it's not necessarily just strictly about the two deaths, but it was just talking about, I was kind of reflecting on my whole life per se. Uh, the There was a lot of weird, untimely deaths uh, right out of high school uh, with my friends. So I think just, I've been going through those things a lot in my life, probably not more than everyone, but maybe more than some. And uh, so that song's kind of about, you know, how you grow from those things and how you put closure on those kind of things.
1: Nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's why I love your band, man. It's so, like, I don't know. You write about cool shit. You write about real shit. Death.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, things that a lot of people won't talk about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what music is for me. I mean, I, if I didn't, uh, have music, I, I don't know what I would have, where I'd be or probably like all of us, you know, we didn't know yeah. what we'd be doing, but I do know that I had, outlet of emotions through music and without it when i did have other ways to let things out it wasn't nearly as cool nor as uh adult much more destructive and uh so i was always grateful for music to be able to you know get things off your chest i think that's the beauty of it for any i mean even like folk singers or or reggae guys there's there's that emotion that music lets you release You know, it doesn't matter what genre you're in. And that's the beauty of music. There's all kinds and and everyone uses it for something else. But I think for the most part, people are trying to get things off their chest or spread some sort of, you know, message that helps them in some way, you know, uh, get through every day without, you know, ending up behind bars.
4: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Or worse fates. I mean, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: I mean, I said that the other day about, you know, I might be in jail if I wasn't in music. I, I I mean that lightly. I I think I'm smart enough to know I'd want to want my freedom. But I think as a younger <laughs> man, I was pretty uh, kind of a loose cannon, and um, I'm I'm grateful that I did have some sort of structure through sports, through you know good parenting. You know, a lot of people don't have those things, and they end up in bad spots in their lives. And there's music is another great example of thankfully having it, so you could get those things off your chest, so you don't keep them bottled up and let them explode in other. Ways that you would wake up tomorrow and be you know regretful for. And
2: Absolutely. to make the full circle here for the interview, talking about like the rough and snuff coming to Portland, you know, uh, all the fights and whatnot, having that music, having something to pursue, honestly brought you here. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: No, it's. I. De- I was thinking that today because uh, I. Uh, I had a friend go through a breakup and. Uh, I a breakup her, text. It was bad. It's bad. I was so mad. Your <laughs> old breakup. I talked about this. I and and I told her I was like, "Man, if I didn't have a band, I would have to take like anger management classes cuz I get pissed, like, and I get when I get mad, I get really fucking mad. Like I break things." Yeah. And like if I didn't have an outlet where I could roll around on the floor and scream my head off, like I would do some fucked up shit. I yeah. guarantee it. Like yeah. It's it's absolutely necessary. We're like, lucky. We're lucky it, to have it. I think my guitarist said at one point, Paul, he said uh I can't not do this. It's not like it's not like this like selfish egotistical thing that I'm always I've been pursuing my whole life. It's like I need music, I need to perform, I need to have this in my life.
0: Yeah. I kind of said that, you know, when we stopped playing music in like 2011 uh when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, I didn't care about music at all. I'd been on the road at that point for like a year and a few months on that last album and i was like i'm going home i'm not playing music i don't care about music and i stayed at home and just focused on my mom's health and my family and i remember being like yeah no i love music but when i when my mom passed away less a less than a year later i was like i needed music so bad and i didn't even realize that i needed it like i did and then i was so grateful that my dudes were still like waiting for me and they had been writing and stuff and they knew i was going through shit but that was a weird time where, I, like, even yesterday I was thinking about this. I was like, I'm never going to stop music. Like, but back then, I was totally fine with walking away with it, from it, because life had got so heavy, you know? My, my mom was like, "Like, I don't know how your guys' mom's relationship, but I was really close with my mom. And she was a big support of our band. So I was just like, man, nothing is more important than this. And it usually isn't when it's a family member that's ill. But I did not care about music. I didn't care about my... History with the band—it just was the truth. I just was so bummed out about my mom's fate that once she passed away and the dust settled a bit, I was like, "Wow, man, I gotta—I need this so bad." And then, I, then I really did realize it. And now, how I feel again today—and this is how I felt before my mom got sick—I always need music. I love music, even if I'm not touring. I'm going to play it in the garage. It's going to be fun. Do covers with my friends. Whatever. I didn't feel like that for that that bit that year and a half or whatever it was i did not care about music and it was really weird for me and i felt weird and i didn't feel like i mean i went to the radio station and i wasn't i remember telling fat Guy, was like you know i don't really care about touring anymore i hate touring but i don't really hate touring i love touring i mean being away from your family sucks but touring rules i mean it's tough it's a grind but for the most part connecting with people every night seeing few people singing your lyrics i mean there's nothing better than that i don't care if she's the hottest chick in the world and you're having the greatest sex in the world with her it's not better than a whole room singing your lyrics
1: god damn right or your band songs you know
0: yeah. what i mean it doesn't match up that that feeling yeah and i i mean i love sex don't get me wrong but it's just not the same I feel like there's you're something
2: Preaching to the choir here
0: yeah yeah you guys. i mean i know you guys know it's just there's something special about the connection between band and fan and then uh, if you do it right it's better than sex it really is agreed Agreed. but you won't kick sex out of bed
2: nah. so you have already defeated one of the sticks in the bin here oh, it's yeah. cj's favorite question what is
1: it it's would you rather give up sex or playing music
2: shit that's a sucky <laughs> question
0: because <laughs> <laughs> they go hand in hand in this damn business
1: <laughs> right
0: uh, uh, at least come- they do initially but See, no
2: I- to say like the sensation of again people singing back to you yeah, that that moment of just like a room of people
1: speaking of which there's a uh clip uh i think kyle your drummer shared from download was it download this last year and it was i think i think it was you guys playing slit wrist theory and you cut out all the instruments and it's how many i don't know how many fucking thousands of people are in that crowd but i just like i like started crying watching that i was but like
0: that's oh, the, that's the feeling i mean
1: uh-huh. but it
0: I mean, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, you, you, you feel that's a connection. I remember, like, n- n- you have to really remember, like, no matter how bad it gets sometimes on the road, and you just wish you were in your own bed. I mean, I was in a suitcase all year last year. Yeah. And I was getting divorced, and I lost a business. I mean, I was going through the worst, craziest shit you could imagine. Yeah. And we don't have enough time. We got to do, like, three more podcasts about that shit. <laughs> but uh but i mean like but music damn thank god for music like it really saved me literally yeah. saved me like i've been a really i mean not to get heavy but i've been a super positive person my whole life like too positive almost like yeah. weirdly positive yeah and that all that stuff happened to me and like i did think about killing myself not that i would do it yeah, but it, yeah. it, it entered shit was so bad for me that i was like yeah, man.
1: If there was just a door, that I, I could, could get out. You know,
0: really not care to wake up tomorrow. This sucks. But then I was like, "But I would never do it. Would never fucking do it." Yeah, yeah. But it was a weird time. So anyway, all what I'm really getting at is music, you fucking saved my life, and it has my whole life. Yeah. So, yeah, Agreed. I love I love that about music. Agreed. Thank <laughs> you.
2: Hands up. Yeah.
1: That's uh, No, I, I and that's why we do this, man, is because there's everyone has something like that with music. You know, I know. Not everyone struggles with depression, but there's a shit ton of people to do these days and I yeah. it's it's the best outlet for it cuz mm-hmm. it doesn't make you feel like an idiot for being sad. It, you know, it just it just hits you right where you need it.
0: Yeah, you I mean, I never had depression ever my whole life. I mean, I was as up as it gets and then I Yeah. So now I got a real appreciation for it and and that's what's cool about music. You can I mean, I was always singing about depressing shit, but was I really feeling it like yeah, Like you got to really feel that shit. Totally. And I think that I learned a lot about really feeling that shit and yeah. So it's good to uh, get that depression away from me because it's awful.
2: I agree. And going agree. back to like uh, connecting with people, uh, speaking of singing slit wrist theory, I mean, that's obviously a huge song for you guys. We played zombie fist uh, with you. What was that? 2013?
1: No, it was yeah. 2012,
2: 2012. Sorry. Um, but that moment, because we were such a young band at that point, but then watching that moment at the end of your set where Slit Wrist Theory is playing and you cut out that bridge and everyone sang that back, Yeah, uh, cool. man, that meant a lot to me. Yeah, yeah cool. Just so. seeing the whole crowd just sit there and you just step back, you held the mic and you kind of backed up and this whole crowd sang that back
0: Sometimes oh. they don't though, and it sucks.
2: Listen, has been a couple about you like, "Damn, we shouldn't have done that tonight."
1: What do you, what do, you do? What do you, how do you handle that? It's like if we it laugh, falls.
0: we laugh, and just kick back into it, and that's what you do. You know, you just gotta laugh at yourself here and there. And some nights, like I'll know that we like some. <laughs> I think we were a bit arrogant. At, years ago, and we're like, "Oh, it's gonna happen every night." No, it doesn't. Yeah. So now I can tell. Do yeah. you, like, if have you're going hand through the whole signals? set.
1: You like tell the guys? Oh yeah,
0: I'll turn around. And, we ain't doing it, <laughs> and they know to keep going, yeah. and we just go. But That's funny. Uh, but for the most part, you'll know if it's gonna work or not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It sucks when they don't. Yeah. Anchorage was bad for a long time,
1: dude. Really?
0: Yeah, like they would be. They were never not loud, but they didn't know that we were doing a lot of Europe stuff at the like in the early two thousands, like two thousand two to you know whatever eight yeah. or nine. Like we spent way more time there. Than we did anywhere else, and those people. I mean, think about the soccer culture there. They're yeah. singing to each other. There's fight songs. Blah, blah blah. They're just lyrically inclined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know every word, and yeah. that's that's the beauty of that place. I would. We would come back to Anchorage, where it's our home, which we're we have this great following. They wouldn't know the words, and I remember it bumming me out for a while. But then, uh, like as the years have gone on, the last few years, I see they know it. Yeah. So it's great. But I, they, I do those spots. And they would just get super loud, like it's time to like, yeah. rage. I'm like, no, dude, that's your singing spot, you freaking jerks. But uh <laughs> I, no. noticed,
1: I noticed that too. Like, I'd always see videos of bands like with the crowd would sing the words, and like in Alaska, like that never even at our huge shows, that never happened. You know, people would just like. Thanks, yeah. Yeah,
0: I and think like, it's par for the course, and it's not a, a knock against us. No, we're just no. always a little bit behind. You know what I mean? Yep. From fashion to yep. cable TV, didn't show up till like my junior year. You know, it's yeah. like that makes sense. I mean, geographically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, 36, you will be on tour with Killswitch Engage. I pulled up my phone here. I don't actually know all these, this information, but I'm going to pretend that I had this all ready to go uh, from March 16th until April, April 30th. 20th, 30th April
0: yeah, 30th. The, well, we have our own headlining shows, you've too. Got,
1: you've got some extra shows at the end, too. Yep. So thank you so much for yeah. coming to our living room studio. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Yes. Always. <laughs> I, I miss missed the days. I, I wish we had done this on 947 cuz it would have been it was it would have been fun. Yeah. Let you get out of the intern box for a little bit. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> I was still pretty young at that point, but no, next time you're in Portland, we'll beat the Lutz Uh yes. so yes. let's do the Lutz again. Maybe bring a little couple of microphones. We'll uh, capture some real good shit in that back booth.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm ready
1: for it. I'm ready for it. Oh, thanks man. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs>
3: Can you hear me? Spirit's been crushed and vanished beneath. Oh, sympathy Can you feel me? to see the world how oh, dead and down I never, ever meant To lose you